Football is a game of aesthetics. It's all about what does it look like. Football is a game of tradition. The man who wins the penalty can't take it. <laughs> Football is a game of passion. Oh, bollocks! Villa have scored. And that is why we love it. Fuck me, why is this stupid game back? I think that was a real low point for me in my life. It's time to turn the volume down. Goals scored by new signings are the only ones that count. Penalties don't count, and Mamoru Saku having an absolute howler. That doesn't count either. The worst 90 minutes of football in Premier League history. He's a fraud. Sedan's a fraud. Everyone's favourite statistical fraud. Brendan Rodgers. All about the aesthetics, that's what Absolutely. I like to see. That is just a bit of stat padding. Individual sport masquerading as a team game. Look at his Instagram, he's the ultimate beta male. BBC Sport decided to advertise their TikTok account. Yuck. Yuck. <laughs> it just doesn't get any better than that. Hello, hello, and welcome to Under the Floodlights, where this week we'll be recapping the highs and lows for the British teams in Europe. Manager of the month, Mike Jackson, suffers a big loss to Villa. Boy <laughs> Hodgson couldn't be happier as he celebrates Palace beating Watford. United remain the same. Conte Ball at Anfield helps Man City put one hand on the league trophy. Luke Ayling is a moron. And do you get help with fantasy football? Well, you may be someone I put in the mud. I'm Bailey Hutchison, and with me as always is Chris Vernon. Chris, how are we? Um, yeah, we're good. Uh, just about kept up with the football this week, because um, uh, there was lots of elections this week, and that, uh, that took a lot of my attention. The, and the thing is, well, there was so much football. Well, that was part of the issue, yeah. A lot of high-stakes football, mm. especially. So we'll, we'll dive into that first. So we'll go to Liverpool-Villarreal first, must admit. Didn't watch the first half, and then because from the first leg, I assumed this game was over. Villarreal bring themselves back into it, so the entire world decides to tune in. And <laughs> really, I think his name is for Villarreal, turns out to be one of the biggest match-fixers I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I had uh, more of an issue with the the co- the commentary on BT Sport, as you know, Billy. Is, LFC TV. Well, 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 you know, there there's certain ways of putting it, and that is one. Uh, had had it out for Geronimo Rulli. The guy was Liverpool's best player. Two between the legs, and then the Mane one where he just goes for a wander in midfield. It doesn't even attempt for the ball. Yeah, that that did happen. It was interesting that there's so many ex Prem guys in there. Like Francis Coquelin scored. Um, the, quite a weird celebration. Weird, weird like celebration. Yeah, well, there's there's a guy that's not used to celebrating. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really know what the arm movement was about. To be honest, <laughs> I've seen a bit of that actually. Like celebrations like that. There was Americ Laporte. Right. Had, had a bit of that going, but yeah, the entire Villarreal team is full of just like ex Spurs lads. Yeah, um, as far as I'm aware, they're like mid table in the Liga. Is that is that right? They're doing okay, I believe. But watching that game, it's terrible. Like, what, what, it's just a t- well, what, what, sitting back. Sorry, we're not very in sync today. Uh, what well, <laughs> uh, one question I have on this game is: How is Luis Diaz able to play for Liverpool in Europe? What do you mean? Did, did he not play for Porto for the first half? Of the oh, season? sure, that was that was all thrown out the window a few years back. Oh, oh, or just for this transfer? No, I can't. There was another Liverpool player was on this type of thing, and it got changed for them. Can't remember who it was. But of, yeah, of course, they changed back, it for Liverpool. Um, yeah, it was either Liverpool or Man United. This got changed for right. Well, that that, but, that would make sense. <laughs> yeah, it was one of the you know one of the favorite clubs. Oh, why? Well, as we know from Pep. The, the, like everybody supports Liverpool 
everyone does support Liverpool and we'll get on to that because Jurgen and Pep are both a bit rattled this week. So, somebody needs to just tell them, you know, just spend a bit more time with your family. <laughs> yeah, get away from the game. But yeah, we'll go on to another European favourite that is Real Madrid uh, with one of the great oh. bottle jobs, I thought. Uh, it, it, it's interesting to me that an entire season, an entire, well, I don't know, two years, three years, can hinge on one moment. PFA Player of the Year, Ruben Diaz, giving away a penalty. <laughs> yeah, of all and, the, and you know, for how good he was last year. The, the occasion got the city, I thought, after, especially after they scored. Like, Mares had scored a winner. And, like, everyone's head, Grealish should score as well after, just after that, where he goes by Courtois pretty easy and doesn't yeah. score. And you're like, OK, this lot should comfortably win. And then Real Madrid, just do what Real Madrid do. They're, they're just so unlikable. Which one, City or Real Madrid? Well, I suppose both. But, I mean, Real, <laughs> Real Madrid. And, you know, we had things like... Do you remember Marcelo used to play for Brazil? Uh, yep. Still actually at Real Madrid. Changed into his full kit for the celebrations. Did spot that. Well, um, the celebrations, I text you after the game saying mm-hmm. that's all kind of the motivation as a Liverpool player you need whenever Real yeah. Madrid started going around with championship shirts on, be like, let's go for 14. <laughs> it's not the NBA. Like, pr- like printed out on... Like, I actually thought it was an homage to somebody who died and then yeah, I realised no. it was like... Uh, oh, they were going to win a 14th. Let, let's trophy. go for 14th. And they had these printed out, ready to go. The uh, arrogance. Yeah, I mean, so I, I don't know if you saw, Billy, there was, there's been a BBC documentary on about the, the Super League last year. Okay. Uh, and that, that rekindled um, my, uh, my strong feelings toward Florentino Perez and, and Real Madrid, of which th- they literally believe that they are just bigger than Spain. The, like the league is not worthy of them. It's just about Europe. Like well, we're in European. fairness, in fairness to Madrid, they've been dead three times in this tournament now, and they've come back each time. I would think I'm bigger than Spain. I would think I'm the greatest thing ever if I was a Madrid player. I, I mean, the, the best part about that documentary is that I, I didn't actually realize. So last year, when the Super League stuff was going on, like, do, so you remember the chat when Florentino Perez was saying about how young people just don't watch football and all that yep. stuff. Like, did, did you know that was on El Chiringuito? Yeah, I was just about to bring that up. <laughs> the, the greatest show on earth that is El Chiringuito. Yeah, how did because... they respond? <laughs> I, they, there was a guy in tears <laughs> post this game, which I thought was a bit much. There was a guy who came out celebrating. There was yeah. also, because Madrid had won the league at the weekend, there was hosts of that show who were forced to do a guard of honour. <laughs> for for the Madrid supporting fans of it, the entire thing. If you haven't seen it before, go look up El Chiringuito in English. I mean, we've referenced Twitter page. it. It is the best thing going. It's just the camera angles. Like there's just random nature of what you're looking at like, <laughs> for no reason. But it was a guy like just describing the culture of Real Madrid, <sighs> and you're like, this guy definitely never played for that football club, and he starts <laughs> bursting into tears. Because they beat Man City in extra time, you know? It's just like, this is what we do and everything. Ah, oh, it's made me want to throw up. Yeah. But I must say, see the second half of extra time from Real Madrid? Masterclass in football. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't. I mean, Mahrez's goal, like, the defe- like, like th- there was no midfield, you know. But yes, yeah, in terms of like... Some strike, but I'm talking about whenever, like, later in the game... 
once it gets the extra time and there's three two up, they killed that last fifteen minutes. They, they did. I mean, like I think yeah. two minutes of football was played in it. Yeah, I mean, like Kevin De Bruyne etc. was off at that stage. Um, I saw people saying, "Oh, Pep couldn't have done any more. His subs were perfect, etc." But I mean, like he did take off Kevin yeah, De Bruyne. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're taking I, I don't off know, De like, for like Grealish. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, wh- wh- where does this kind of leave? Because it's a bit, it's a bit like PSG, really. That like once, like once City, if they ever win the Champions League, you know, like what, what kind of is there else to do? The entire identity of City currently is trying to win that European Cup, and I think we spoke about it during the week. The one thing that needs to happen at Man City for them to win a European Cup is for Pep Guardiola to leave because he's cursed. Uh, yeah, you know the the Yaya Toure curse has got to the guy and. You, you look at the bottle jobs he's done in Europe over the past few years, especially as City, you know, losing at Tottenham, losing a final, losing here. It is, it's supernatural. Mm. It's, it's quite uh, a lot, yeah. It, it, because there's no way that team it does that. You know, we've, we've watched Man City just cruise past teams and kill games for years. There's no way they bottle a game like that if there isn't something like Yaya's agent cursing Guardiola. Yeah, because I don't, I don't know if it's a controversial. I don't think it is a controversial statement to say that to say that clearly English teams are supreme right now in terms of Europe. Like, I mean, Juventus, Bayern Munich, Barcelona, PSG clearly are not at the same level. No, I, I think even whenever you've looked during this campaign, City and Liverpool were by far and away the best two in Europe. I mean, Villarreal they, are in the they, semi-finals. Yeah, Villarreal are in it, you know, even, and I hate to bring it up because we've been so bad recently, but Chelsea away to Real Madrid were mm. just, the reason they lost was a bit of match fixing, you know, there's bits like that, <laughs> like I genuinely thought we could have gone on a run, but there was bits of match fixing that game, you know, but of course, yeah. in, in all honesty, the best two teams are City and Liverpool and they should be there, it is an English dominated continent now. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how I feel about that, but yeah, it's the way it is. Oh no, I'm all about it. I I love because because I hate like the Bundesliga but, but, and stuff no, like that. It's like I, I, I don't because I don't watch that week in week out. I'd rather watch a team like Liverpool go out there and do well. I obviously don't want Liverpool to win it. No, but I watch them week in week out enough to know that they're a fantastic side and that if they do win it, they're deserving of it. No, I I, I do like, I do agree, but but uh, but like you know historical things like Bayern smacking Arsenal and things. You know, it is great to see. Yeah, I do love the, the seven ones and stuff like that. <laughs> and I do hope Arsenal do get into the top four and I hope they beat... I'm an Arsenal fan this Thursday. hope they do beat Spurs. Of course, yeah. So they, but I do. I want to see fixtures like that, but I also do want to see semi-finals where it's like Chelsea-Liverpool and then Man City against Arsenal on the other side, you know? Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know, how, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. No, I'm all about Prem dominancy. Uh, but we'll go on to a Premier League side who unfortunately fell out of Europe, Chris. Ooh. Your beloved West Ham went away to Frankfurt and yep. it didn't go their way. It was, uh, it was, <laughs> it was a tough scene. Um, Aaron Cresswell, Bailey, um, great servant of West Ham. Three, three England caps in the time that he's played for West How'd Ham. How did he flick three England caps like? Aaron Cresswell is a phenomenal left back, and I'll have you saying nothing bad about him. I'm, um, I'm talking about his England caps here. How's he got them? Because uh, he, he's, he's very good. No, um, someone was all sick that trip. The guy, the guy has a serious um, playmaking ability. Uh, anyway, that's the second time he's been sent off in <laughs> Europe in two games, um, being the last man. 
it was really unfortunate because the guy, it's like a young kind of Norwegian guy. I think he's on loan from AC Milan. I think it was the guy right. who was, and uh, he just played him like there was barely any contact, and you know, and he, and he went down, and he was the last man. Uh, now people around me were very angry at Aaron Cresswell, and I and I saw a lot some West Ham fans online being like, you know, like you shouldn't play for the club again. This kind of stuff. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, that's when you know, Billy. That's they're not true West Ham fans because get a better perspective. No, well, I think in that moment you would. I'd be shouldn't play him, for the club again. The guy's oh, been like our best player for about five years. Chris, I'd be losing to see whoever gets sent off. I'd be losing, especially twice in the same. No, like no, I, I, I no, I, I get it, and he hit the deck immediately in regret. You know, like like he, he knew it. But two years ago we were going down. So, like, we've come a very long way. Highly disappointing. Um, gutted that we... It was just a step too far, even though objectively... A step too far? <laughs> it, was, it was a step too far, even though objectively Sevilla and probably even Leon were better teams on paper. Um, Moyes booted a ball at a ball boy, which was Moyes is an absolute disgrace um, of a manager. You, you, you may, disgrace. You, you, may, <laughs> you, you may say that. I mean, I, mean well, I should just point out for, for balance sake that the... Eintracht Frankfurt fans, <laughs> by the way, some serious pyrotechnics in the, in the main stand uh, during the game. That was uh, quite a lot at the beginning. Frankfurt's um, a hole. They, um, they invaded the entire pitch at the end of the game like, immediately on the final whistle. Stewards had, couldn't do anything about it and had to be dispersed by riot police with tear gas. Mm. So, so, so let's just get our morals objectively balanced here. That, that's fine, but that also happened after David Moyes kicked a football at a child. Look, and then for the second well, well, time well, well, this actually, year, we don't, actually, we don't know if it was a child. You, you don't know that it was a child. Look at the footage. It's a child. <laughs> I, I don't actually is, really think you can tell, but yeah. This is the second time this year I've looked at David Moyes and went, you're a disgrace for what... What was the not even what he's done. It's the fact of what he says. Oh, after Zuma. The, oh, Zuma, the, yeah. okay. the inability to apologise from David Moyes. Well, he, well, he did apologise. No, no, no. It shows you what type of guy he is. But he, but he the, did apologise. No, 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 no. He apologises, but always fires enough. But so, <laughs> if we remember earlier in the year, with Kurt Zuma, he said, "Yes, we're 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 obviously disappointed with what's happened with Kurt here, but he's one of our better players, so he has to play." I think we all should have known then what type of bloke David Moyes was, because then whenever he kicks a ball at a child. He then goes, yeah, I do apologise. We don't know that it was a child. It was a child. <laughs> I, I do apologise, but... And then he came off with some nonsense, like, they, they dropped it a bit short, and so I connected sweet on the folly. It's like, you didn't have to... That second bit you didn't need to say. Just say, I am sorry. Look, look. I hate him. He's honestly... See the way he got on there. I think it tells you everything you need to know about David Moyes as I, a fella. I'm, I'm struck by how strong your reaction is. It, yeah. uh, but I think... See, whenever you see it twice, I think you, you kind of get a better perspective of what David Moyes is like behind closed doors. I think the guy's a prick. Right. Uh, well... Um, I'm just so unimpressed by all that. I'm, I'm sorry, but just cut it out. Just I am sorry is all you need to I say. I mean, an, an interview that I saw, uh, he, 
he he did like he just straight like the, the, the one I saw was with BG Sport where he wasn't talking about it was on the volley. He did just straight up apologize and say no, I shouldn't have done like, that. He was like, "I was sweet on the volley, what a well, joker!" And then well, I, did, I didn't hear that bit. Disappointing evening yeah. got even more disappointing for West Ham as club captain in the future Declan Rice runs down the tunnel chasing an official down to say, "You're corrupt. You've taken a few quid." Well, I don't think I don't think he said that last part. Um, it, he, he said you've taken money. Right, okay. Well, well, we've had a bit of discussion about this um, out with the podcast. And, uh, and I, I said, obviously, you should not call a referee corrupt. I, I did say that I'm sure referees get a lot in their ear during football matches at all levels of the game. This was not during a football match. This was after the game. The whistle had gone outside the white lines down the tunnel. He chased them down. Well, I guess West Ham are just bad eggs. I just thought it was a very. I thought Thursday was an awful look for West Ham all around. So I did. I thought. Okay, yeah. Especially the way it's been building this year. And I think that's why, because I think West Ham got ahead of themselves thinking this we're winning this. Oh, wait, oh I, so much I, I, I don't think, I don't think we did. About winning it. I thought the heads went oh, on I, Thursday. I, oh, I don't, I don't think we were, um, we were set on winning it. I think we were going as far as we could. And we're, our ambition was. You, you weren't you set on winning it? I, I was, what, sir? Let, let's go through 31 other episodes of this podcast where you think you're going to win this. I, I, I don't think, I, I think the, the, the footage, or the whatever you call it, will, uh, will show that I obviously wanted to win it. And I thought that there was a potential that we could do something special. But I, I wouldn't, I mean, obviously we were not going to like set on winning it. I, <laughs> I like this change of tone now. Obviously, we're never going to win it. I, I, no, that's not what I'm saying either. <laughs> we, we, we were in the final four with Glasgow Rangers. Of course, there was a chance we were going to win it. So we'll go over to that side now because one British team did get through and beat a German team higher than Frankfurt and that was the Glasgow Rangers <laughs> beating RB Leipzig. To, to, to be fair to us compared to Rangers, we don't have Ibrox. That is true because that is... Or John, or John Lundstrom. He is the best on earth, apparently. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I, I think even Celtic fans could probably appreciate the atmosphere of this game. But I, I think generally, I think a similar thing would have happened if it was Celtic in the game. I think teams just go to Scotland thinking this is a lower league and stuff. These players aren't the same quality as us and then get hit by a wall of noise. I think if you look at earlier rounds, you look at Braga. Braga panicked for 90 minutes with the noise. They did. This Frank or this Leipzig lot for forty five minutes for the first forty five panicked. We're now at a stage now where thanks to Bayern Munich winning their tenth league title in a row last weekend, and now Frankfurt hitting a Europa League final against Rangers. If Frankfurt do not win that game, which they absolutely should, that league's done forever. I, I, um, but I think, but I think when it comes to like. A one-off game. I I don't think. And also, I don't think there's like you know. Obviously, there's a slight golfing quality. I wouldn't say it's like. I, I think Leipzig are objectively a better team, to be fair. And so I mean, so, so are Brisbane Dortmund. Yeah, exactly. Like I think this Frankfurt lot are sitting like eleventh in the table. I mean, like to beat Leipzig, Dortmund, and Frankfurt would be quite funny. It'd be the death of the league. Yeah, you can't have that happen to your league for three of the teams in a European competition to lose no. the Rangers. <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll go over to Rome quickly. Uh, where yes, on no, Thursday we... night in the Conference League, Jose Mourinho does what Jose Mourinho does and gets himself to another final. Yeah, no, the uh, there was a real some things moment when uh, Claudio Ranieri, who was in the crowd, appeared on the screen. 
and yeah, uh, they but, all applauded him. Yeah, I, 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 a lot of respect for that. I, it confused me though because it was like during the game. Like what, what was the, it? Was like the fifty-second minute. Like what was the significance? Th- th- there wasn't. It was just because I think the camera went on him, and then in the stadium they like saw him on the big screen. See, no, I'm not about that. <laughs> I'm not about that. As much as I love Claudio Ranieri, I'm not about that one bit of just spontaneously going, "Oh, look at him! He's on a screen. Let's start applauding." Watch the game. Yeah, um, I mean, one thing. Well, several things on this, and on uh, Feyenoord beating Marseille as well. There's a lot of chats in this Conference League semi-final stuff that, you know, they're getting to a final of a, of a major European tournament. Now, if West Ham end up in this tournament next year and get to the final, I'll obviously be saying it's a big European final, major European final. But is it a major European final? I mean, it's Jose Mourinho going to it. This is bigger than the World Cup, Chris, <laughs> in his mind, you know. Um, yeah, uh, and have to, like... Leicester, I think Brendan Rodgers will be very disappointed. I know they've had a lot of injuries, but I think he'll be very disappointed with the season they've had. The season, looking back on it now, with not winning that and looking at how many points they have in the league in comparison to previous years, this has been a disastrous season for Leicester. Yeah. Um, they're not looking great. 42 points is atrocious. Like, that is... <laughs> like, we're looking... We take the piss out of Brighton on this podcast. Brighton have had a far better year than Leicester, you know, and especially it's just the ego of Brendan, you know, and especially the way like, everyone gets on about Leicester and it's like, oh, they've this new fantastic training ground. They do the things the right way. They recruit right, and it's like they're fourteenth. <laughs> you know what, what are they doing? You know they all thought they were big men last year. But th- th- and this, now look at them. But now th- this is you having the exact same emotional reaction that I have towards Brighton. Yes and no. <laughs> I think your Brighton thing is irrational at times. Mine is there's there's concrete reasons I don't like Leicester. To, to be fair, in Leicester compared to Brighton, Leicester have won the Premier League in a fluke year. Oh, oh Bailey, <laughs> come yeah, on! I'll, I'll complete. Yeah, and then every player that like looked half decent cleared off. Yeah, okay. Well, that <laughs> like Robert, like, to... like Robert Huth. No, well, he wasn't half decent at that point. I'm talking like Angolo, Riyadh, Drinkwater. Oh, right. <laughs> Who was last one? <laughs> Drinkwater. <laughs> Drinkwater. Big move to Chelsea, yeah. No, well, I, I liked them back then, but then they got a big, bit too big for their boots. I, I think some would, some would call it investing well. No, they thought they were big lads. Uh, but, <laughs> but we'll go on to Premier League proper football. Big weekend for it. We had another club get relegated, Chris, in Watford. Yeah, um, I mean, very deserved, to be fair. Um, I don't think yeah, this was arguments. coming. Yeah, this has been coming a while, hasn't it? Like, you look at, during the year, sack, sack a couple of managers, end up with Roy. Roy didn't really want to be there, as evidenced by the weekend. So there was, there was a good graphic I saw that... Um, so. I do think that it was better under Roy than Claudio Ranieri, but it turns out that out of the three managers they had this season, uh, Roy had the worst win percentage uh, of twelve percent, and Cisco Munoz actually had the best. That that's always the way it ends up, isn't it? Because Stuff the, like the, that. The, it was the first twelve games he won five, <laughs> and they were like thirteenth or something at the time, um, and and they they've ended up winning six yep. the whole season. Or something like that. Yes, I, I I think that sixth one was against uh, 
United when Ole Gunnar Solskjaer got sacked. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. That's, like if you think there, especially five wins, fifteen points, and they've managed seven points since. And uh, we've we've got a, a we've got a call out um, a, a a big name who annoyed I think both of us with it, with his comments. And if he ever wants to bring us on to his own podcast to chat about it, we'll 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 take the invitation. Well, but, that's if he's focused on. Well, well indeed, Billy. Because Ben Foster this weekend on match of the day, I can't remember the exact words, but he started calling out other members of the squad, saying yeah. that pe- people in in. A situation like Watford's where you're down at the bottom of the table, you have to be a hundred percent focused for a hundred percent of the minutes of something like and he came out and said, no, there's a few lads around here, like we'll, we'll say it, and they're only focused for about seventy percent of the time. Mm. What a joker. Uh, why might that be slightly hypocritical, Billy? Well, because this clown has a podcast, a vlog series, goes in the training every day with his GoPro, being like, Oh boys, got about to have my toast and my ketchup. Like, wise up. I think I could take it a bit more seriously as well if he was actually the goalkeeper for the whole season as well. Yeah, he didn't start this year, so he didn't. Or, like, at the start of the season, I mean, he didn't start I think I, I think it was, like, half and half. I mean, to be fair, the other goalkeeper is the Austria international goalkeeper. So it's not like, you know, that this guy... It, I mean, he's not quite what he was. Yeah, I just couldn't get over it. The, the ego of him to come out with that, I thought, thought more than anything, it's like... If you didn't have however many hundred thousand subscribers you have on YouTube, you're nobody. Real throw in the first stone vibes about that comment. Yeah, and especially I like I watched quite a bit of his vlog series last year actually, and he does get on. He's got that fake leadership vibe to him. <laughs> if you know what I mean, where like he just he just shouts buzzwords <sighs> that doesn't really mean anything. Like like I would imagine in a Watford dressing room, like I would imagine there's a lot more. Uh, respect for someone like Craig Cathcart who's kind of been a- around a while and like, mm. even though he's not the best player you know he's at least kind of humble works hard you know yeah because he had an interview post game as well and his came across very well he's like you know we're very disappointed we'll, yeah. we'll come back up again and ha- have another go at it he wasn't throwing anyone under the bus he gets that football's football and if you have a squad that has Danny Rose included in it for quite a bit of the season, you're likely going to go down. I think as well, like it might spark a change in Watford's kind of general strat because obviously their strategy for the past seven years or whatever has been, you know, like higher and fire because that seems to get a reaction. Mm. But like, it, it, like I'm I'm quite kind of glad that it's been justified to not work this time. I don't think it will though. I think these owners are just like that. Who, like I think Claudio Ranieri will be back there in three years because <laughs> they are just going to keep going round and round and round but and yeah. we could end up in a job there well well, indeed I mean who who would even get for for next season yeah that's the thing like <laughs> I would love to sit in like some of their meetings just to see what like list of managers they're going to come up with that we've never heard of before yeah to bring in because yeah Football agents and agents of managers must just love Watford. Uh, oh, oh, absolutely. Especially if you're at Udinese um, or Granada. Yeah, exactly. Like, your next step is Watford. Yeah. Sit there for three months, get the sack, get a half decent payout, and then go about your normal life. No doubt, Jared Delefeu will be back for like the fourth time next season. <laughs> Barca legend. Yeah. But yeah, just in all, it's a terrible game. Palace 1-0 penalty. Yeah, did Hassan Kamara get 
sent off. Is that am I remembering that right? Yeah, just a real unnecessary send off. Yeah. You kind of saw it and you're like, yeah, he's looking next weekend off. <laughs> and by that stage, it gets the last game of the season. Roy's Roy's already said he's retiring. He's if this guy doesn't turn up the train, Roy's not going to notice. Like, <laughs> yeah. But we'll go on to a team that looked like they're staying up now in Everton, who visited Leicester. Goals from Mikalenko and Holgate. The, the goal from Mikalenko, I imagine, had some seriously low XG. Uh, XG. Yeah, especially whenever... I, I didn't think it was that great a hit, if I'm honest. Oh, surely not. No, I thought it just looked so slow. I thought the keeper should have been saving that. Right? Because I, did, I obviously didn't... Was there any the... shin involved? It looked like there was a touch of shin, like low shin. <laughs> low shin. Because from, <laughs> from the Twitter reaction and the reaction I saw in the news and stuff, it was as though this was goal of the season vibes. I mean, yes, I mean, it, I, I thought it was up there. It's a strike from outside the box, but if that's goal of the season vibes, it needs to hit the top right-hand corner, not the middle of the goal on the right-hand side. Are, are, you, are you only saying this because you don't like Everton? Well, I don't like Leicester either. So mm. I'm just I'm just in a real hit of this game. And but like, no, for me, I just yeah. thought the the reaction was so over the top. Being like, what what a goal, what an emotional goal, and everything. I was like, yeah, it's all right. Well, uh, speaking of uh, emotional, uh, have, have to say, Bailey, uh, Jordan Pickford. Well, what do you make of his resurgence over these past couple of games? I'm I'm amazed he didn't like doing these slide celebration <laughs> at the end of the game or something. Acting as though oh, don't I I don't want to get into it. Because, <laughs> because uh, I think like very early on in the first season of this podcast, um, that, you know, the sort of era when Pickford was like putting Virgil Van Dyke out for the season, mm. we, we we had a bit to say about him. Yeah, I've I'll be honest, I've nothing to say about him. <laughs> I'll be honest, we might talk about them later, but I'm broken by the entire game, and I've just lost the energy to get angry at Everton, and also to actually like retract that by saying Pickford's had a good couple of weeks. Right. But I just don't like the guy, so I don't want to speak about him. You haven't lost your energy to get angry at West Ham? They revitalised a bit of energy in me watching <laughs> that, and emotions were high watching games on Thursday nights, so there was a load of that. Well, indeed. But in this game, Everton had a very Everton moment, and I was delighted by it, watching Seamus Coleman and Yerry Mina, two of the big lads from the week before, running into each other to give D- oh, uh, Daka a goal. That was uh, that was weird. I don't, I don't really know what happened there. Yeah. It, it was so Everton. So I know exactly what happened there. Two not very talented footballers at this stage of their lives running into each other. <laughs> uh, well, I think Mina has played quite well the past couple of games, but yeah. This guy, Patson Daka, I, I think has a lot of potential. Um, That's all I've ever heard about him, but I've never seen him do anything. Like, whenever he came in, well, to be Leicester, fair, I, well, the reaction was, though, oh, they've got another one. Did he not score, like, five goals in one game or something? One time? Who was that against? In Europe, one of the games? Oh, we're talking, no, we're, I'm not counting those. Right, okay. So I'm not, not conference, like, it doesn't count until the No, well, I, I think, to be fair, it was in the Europa League, but yeah. No, I don't count them even there. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good place for Leicester. Yeah. But Everton pretty much rescued by Mason Holgate in the 30th minute. I was getting a bit of praise from um, Frank Lampard. Uh, Mason Holgate, same age as us, Bailey? No, he isn't. 25, <sighs> yeah. That's so annoying. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, just shows you. And the only other thing I picked up from this game was Damari Gray being booed. What, like, by what? Leicester By Leicester fans? Fans? Yeah. 
That's a really weird grudge. I thought that. I was like, you just didn't want them. Well, you he, know? he left because he was like, all right. And yeah. just like, they had an offer and he went to Germany. Yeah, you know, sold them. It's, it's business. Right? Like, that's what, really weird. Why, yeah. why boom? I, I just didn't get it. Right. At all, but again, that's Leicester for you. Uh, <laughs> Villa uh, in the relegation battle. Villa aren't in the relegation battle, but in the relegation battle is Burnley, who lost pretty easily to Aston Villa at the weekend, Chris, it must be said. And uh, their James Tarkowski got injured. Yep, went off. So I don't know if player I'm manager wondering... Ben Mee is coming back at all. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I don't know how long it looked as though he was out for. I couldn't really tell the injury. Was, was your doctor friend on it? No, because he, he seems to be a big Arsenal fan, so he was focused right. on other games. Right, fair and, enough. And that, that did annoy me because I do get all my injury stuff from him now. Well, of course, yeah. I must find out if he's actually gone on that belatedly. But yeah, I... <laughs> From a Villa perspective, it seemed easy, but I thought the the goal from Corney at the end was so funny. The how, like how significant the commentator thought it was. <laughs> it is a classic, yeah. It's a complete consolation goal, but the commentator like was making it out as though this is the goal that'll keep them up. Yeah. On like goal difference, like no, it won't. Like let's rise up here. It's not going to come down. I don't even know the goal difference, but oh, Le- Leeds' goal difference is significantly worse than like yeah. twenty goals worse than Burnley. Yeah. One corn angle doesn't make a difference. I also thought he should have squared. I thought he was a bit selfish. <laughs> it. Yeah, it, it didn't score the right way. Yeah, yeah. You know, if I were a teammate of his, I would have been going like we've been seething going in there, having conceded three, thinking we're now going down. Yeah, but we've been seething, being like he didn't pass it to me. He's all about himself. Yeah. he's look. He's looking to move in the summer. <laughs> but yeah, I would love see. I didn't think about your idea there about Ben Mee coming back into the starting lineup would be interesting. Well, well, I don't know if he's actually injured or not. I don't know like if he's just not playing because he is coaching. Like, I, really I, don't I know think, yeah, on. I think it's the coaching thing. I think he stepped back, being like, "I'm a coach now. Let's, you right. know, let's not muddy the waters." But I think if Tarky's injured, I chuck mean, him in. Well, you're gonna have to. Like I did say earlier in the year, if I were him, I'd be playing myself striker. Why not? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, out of the three, Chris, who do I reckon? Everton, Burnley, Leeds. We'll get on the Leeds in a second, actually. But who do I reckon? Well, I mean, I don't know if Luke Ayling has almost made most of the difference in that because, like, like Leeds have a lot of injury suspension issues now. Yeah, and if you watch the tackle, it was a tackle of a man who wants three games off. I, I didn't really... I didn't really get it to be honest. And of course, it was right in front of like the Leeds, like yeah. well, the, the big Leeds fans, obviously, and they were all um, loving it. I think yeah, that, sure. yeah, totally. um, yeah no, I actually thought, and I don't know, uh, Arsenal fans out there might be able to confirm this or not. It seemed as though Leeds got a massive allocation at the Emirates. Yeah, I didn't really. Yeah, I sort of noticed that. Um, I, I don't know if you realise as well that um, Leeds have now got with three games to go. I've now got the most yellow cards of any team in Premier League history. That doesn't surprise me with the way they played earlier in the year and that man-to-man of Bielsa and how knackered all of these lads were. Well, must have been, yeah. And then putting in sort of bang-average players to cover for the injured ones. I'm thinking Adam Forshaw, uh, Furpo at the back, he loves a yellow. And uh, that is the first game since they have been promoted without Stuart Dallas uh, didn't start. This is his own fault, unfortunately. Well. <laughs> it was. But yeah, we'll get in the Arsenal leads. 
real real positivity from Jesse Marsh. Like, does he stay if they go down? Uh, he has to. I think he's he's done an okay job there. Has it? Opinion. Is, the, is, been, the, is the remit not to keep them up? It was, but I think overall he's he's done okay. Like right. if you look at the injury list and everything, very few managers would keep this lot up. Yeah, you know, and I think he's a project type manager, which is what a club like Leeds needs. Yeah, um, I, I sort of find it funny that Rafinha nearly got sent off or just descends to the referee after um, Ealing got sent off. But what did you make of Eddie and Kedia not celebrating? Hmm. Because, was, because of a, a loan spell when he was nineteen, what, and in that loan spell he didn't play. Well, didn't like play well, I, I, I looked it up. He played seventeen games in the year Leeds went up and scored three goals. I mean, by all accounts, fair enough. As a nineteen-year-old, I wouldn't say it's a cause for not celebrating. I, I think every player should celebrate anyway. But again, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not. I mean, I'm I'm very much not like the these. Do you know the way there's like Sunus and stuff who gets like 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 cannot take anyone not celebrating yeah, they, at they, all. they almost want them to do like a cartwheel and a backflip <laughs> every time they'll score you know yeah like, like I'm, I'm not quite on that end of the spectrum um, I think there is a there's a there's a better you know room for respect um, but I, th- I think it has to be justified I don't know and Kenny is a weird one at the moment as well because obviously he's out of contract here so he can't be doing anything right he seem to be an issue if you know what I mean so right you never know he he could potentially be looking to move back to Leeds or he could have been in negotiations. Well, yeah. And now all of a sudden, you know, from a month ago where you're going, what's Eddie and Kenna going to do with next season? Yeah. And you're going all of a sudden, he scores a couple against Chelsea, he scores a couple against Leeds. And Kenny is looking good and in good negotiating position. Yeah. Do you um, reckon he stays though? Okay, I don't know. Well, sure, they're, they're just going to try and sign a striker anyway. Like, I don't really know what... I, I don't know. Like, I mean, if he wants to play every week... Go somewhere else if he doesn't then stay. I, I don't know. Like, I think he, I think he's a fairly sensible sort of squad player. Yeah, like yeah. for Arsenal, you know, it, it doesn't seem like it would cause too many issues unless he is wanting a move away, wanting to be consistently starting. Yeah, but I don't um, know why you would want that if you're at Arsenal and you can put in sort of a run like he has recently. Yeah, and uh, an Arsenal note from, from this week on an unnamed rival podcast, um, Aaron Ramsdale was the featured guest. Right. And uh, I I was quite surprised at how much he was giving away, considering we're still like in the middle, <laughs> middle of the season. Um, but had some had a great insider uh, like look into the team, which I'm looking forward to seeing in the documentary. Apparently, um, Cedric Suarez, Bailey, a uh, real kind of parched figure, in the Arsenal dressing room, right? He, he, you know, kind of is always kind of in Arteta's ear type type of guy. Strange, um, which, especially from a guy who doesn't really play. Uh, Euro twenty sixteen winner, Cedric Suarez. Oh, how he's got a Euro like how he's got an international medal. I mean, I mean he's actually he's played quite a lot uh, when Tommy Asu's been injured, uh, but I just wouldn't have expected that from him. No, not at all. Yeah, that is that is bizarre, but yeah. Arsenal go on to play Tottenham this Thursday, Chris, which does oh, yeah. look like a, I say a top four decider. Chelsea stink at the moment, so you never know. Both of these teams could do it. Uh, they could. But, but who, do you, who do you reckon Thursday night? What, where do you reckon it's going to go? I, uh, uh, Tottenham. 
You're going Tottenham. I'll yeah. go Arsenal then, just yeah. for just to go on the other side of the argument. We'll go on the Tottenham who turned up the Anfield and Conte put on a Conte masterclass basically of just <laughs> sitting back five at the back, hoofball up at the top two. It's it's stuff I'd seen plenty of times whenever he's at Chelsea. It's glorious to watch whenever you get a result out of it. And glorious from other fans' perspectives, especially if you're a Man City fan. Uh, because it scraped the draw at Anfield. Yeah, and uh, it was this is what sparked Jurgen saying that was a real fifth place performance. Yeah, I thought that whole outburst from Klopp after about Conte and Conte's style was so unnecessary. Uh, like I will, I mean, I will point out that he has won three league titles in two different countries. Yeah, he's um, coming off with, oh, I would just never. He's like, I can respect it, but I would never play it. It's like, well, we all well, 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 we all know that you've had six years to get to this stage. Yeah, not every team can go out there and play certain types of football. You know, if you look at that Spurs team, if they went out there and tried to play like Liverpool or Man City against Liverpool, they would have got killed. You yeah, have to set teams up at times for the occasion, and that's yeah. exactly what Antonio Conte does, and he's one of the best in the world at it. Ben Davis having the form of his life. Yeah, that was a weird one for me. How I just that entire like. Spurs backline, you know, I rate none of them, but Ben Davis <laughs> to be the one that steps up and you're going, well, what, what a game for Ben. Ben Davis, yeah, I mean, yeah, and Romero's starting to get more plaudits as well at the minute. No, I, I still don't rate him. Mm. So, that, But yeah, what a game in terms of. They, they weren't involved too much, but for Son and Kane, the counter attacking was like textbook stuff. Yeah, it, it was great. And uh, not much chat about the quadruple anymore. The quadruple chat has significantly died down. Which, which, which is great. I, I didn't mind it. Oh, come on. I actually... It was a bit much. I think credit the Liverpool fans, because a few Why? years ago, I remember whenever they were about to win the Premier League and we're like, this is going to be the worst thing ever. Even the year before, whenever they were in the Champions League final, and we're all going, this is going to be the worst thing ever. This lot are going to be unbearable. I actually don't think they're that bad. I don't know. I, I really don't. I th- I, like, what makes you say that? I, th- I think just in general, just Liverpool fans I know just weren't like as annoying as I thought they were going to be. Hmm. And I think if they had won the quadruple, they would have been the same. I also think for a lot of Liverpool fans, winning the quadruple would have been the perfect moment in their lives to walk away from football. <laughs> Because no one, there's never a right time to walk away from the game. You know, you always want a bit more. But if you win a quadruple, you've done it. Like You've won everything uh, in well, one year. Yeah. I mean, it was quite funny as well watching that Super League documentary to be reminded of, um, was he called John Henry? The, yes, uh, the FSG guy. When he did like that weird like to camera interview saying how, you know, we, we got it wrong, you know, despite the fact that they own like the most the club that's based on working class values more than any other club in England decided to join the Super League. (laughs) That apology video was horrendous. I mean, like, come on. It was real hostage stuff, wasn't it, as well? (laughs) I remember he, like, dressed down a bit and all that be a bit more relatable. (sighs) Honestly. The whole thing is a bit yuck. Yeah. And yeah, uh, Luis Diaz gets his goal for Liverpool. Of course he does. Like, fantastic. Yeah. Again, strike was a bit overrated. I thought it was good, not great. (laughs) Uh, we'll go on to their title rivals in Man City. Great weekend for them, bouncing back from the bottle job midweek. The nah, I, nah, five nil. I'm not about it because I was too distracted by the ridiculous double advertising board again, Billy. 
You just have to get over it. Oh, no, like, no. I, I, like, it was different this time. What do you mean it was different? It, because it, it, it was so, it was so, like, um, <laughs> luminous. It was so, like, cryptocurrency. You know, like, you know, all over the place. It was, That's not Manson's fault. It's, what, what is not their fault? They, they decide who goes on the advertising board. Yeah, they pick it, but they <laughs> go on here, knock these colours. Oh, it was it was terrible. It was real, real, real sore in the eyes, that was. Um, uh, and, ugh, yeah. Great, great win for them, etc., etc. Yeah. yeah, they absolutely walked by Newcastle. And it was a game, you kind of look at thinking, potential stumbling block. You know, Newcastle are obviously wanting to get to the level of Man City and want to go about it a similar way. And City just, like, showed them how far they have to go. A pretty... I think it was early enough from Raheem Sterling getting the goal. The header, I think, Cancelo Look, went back. What, what, can, can, I, can I just stop you right there? Because I heard a lot of that over the weekend. Oh, well, you know, like, this is a reality check for Newcastle. Like, they've got a long way to go. Yeah. United, United just got beat 4-0 by Brighton. What does that have to do with anything? But, but, because because we're, if we're saying that Newcastle are like miles behind it because they lost 5-0 to City after the half season that they've had. And yeah. You, well, well, they're not really, I, are they? I, like, I not, think it's a fair talking point that Newcastle United with their newfound riches want to be like Man City. And I think this game was a perfect... Yeah, but, but like, but everybody is aware that like they started the season like winning no games under Steve Bruce. Like everyone's aware that they're not at the same level as City. And it's like, oh, you know, they're, 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 look at that far they got to. Well, go. well you, like, you say that, but like, in January there they spent like a hundred million on on Matt Target and Dan Burton. Like, doesn't matter. You're still <laughs> chucking out fortunes. Ugh, look. I, Don't give me arc. They spent a <laughs> fortune in January, which no one else but did. Look, I, 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 I just did, like, I don't know. I was just like, yeah, like, you know, City beat Newcastle 5 0. Well, like, why is anyone surprised by that? I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just like. I think the least surprising part of the game was whenever Kieran Trippier came on and was roasted by Jack Grealish. Oh, well, I, I didn't pick up on that. Fair. Yeah, it was, it was a bit embarrassing. The only other things from the game were. The classic city stat padding for the Sterling and Foden goals. You know, um, that game could have comfortably, like, 3 0 up, game's done. You know, Newcastle offered nothing, but Man City have to do it. Man City do it. It's like Phil, Phil has a goal bonus in his contract or something. That's what it reeked off to me. There was a lot of, um, I don't know why you know, it was just been like about six times during the match, um, Dubravka and a defender, like, miscommunicated when Dubravka was going to catch the ball and, like, they clattered into each other. It happened so many times. Yeah, I think you go back earlier in the year and that how has got rid of that a bit, but it's it's just, in terms of those those are very similar players. Dubravka, he has that in him of just especially away to Man City, panic and set in with a keeper. Can yeah, and stuff like that can go on. But yeah, the only other thing from the game was Ruben Diaz off injured. Fernandinho had to plug himself in at centre back. Well, that, then they brought on a 19-year-old defender called C.J. Egan Riley, um, who is probably, I don't know if he'll actually play now or not, but, yeah. Well, that's, yeah, because it's strange City had Nathan Aki still sitting on the bench. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I, did, I don't didn't really come saw, on. Did you, you know? see, did you see how match of the day, really, whenever um, Chapman was like, oh, you know, they've got all these injuries, and then Shear was like, yeah, they've got 40 million Nathan Aki sitting on the bench of just, no sympathy. Just, just sat there, yeah. Back that. 
the last few games for City, they go away to Wolves, away to the Hammers, yeah. big one, and then I think this is a real interesting part of this title race, is that Liverpool go to play Aston Villa midweek here. There is yeah. no way Stevie G allows that. <laughs> you know, he those Villa boys are going to lie down. I'd be amazed if he didn't put out the under-18s. But I, I'm also looking, Man City are at home in the Aston Villa last game of the season. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine the scenes of Steven Gerrard and Philippe Coutinho could do a job on Man City? Yeah, I think we have City next as well. Yeah, you play... City go to Wolves and then go to the Hammers next Sunday. Yeah. So it's still it's still all up in there. I think Wolves Wolves got their result at Chelsea that'll do them. That was a cup final for them. And I think they'll lie down for Man City, but I think those last two games are pretty interesting. Mm, yeah. Uh, but elsewhere in the league, we're going to Brighton United quickly. I don't have much to say on it other than the fact that the outrage post-game from like United people I just find weird at this point it's like, like who cares I, I sort of I sort of agree because like because people because like like you know I, I'm not going to sit here and sit like obviously Brighton were class uh, but it was a very it was a very good win yeah but like you know we like th- this obviously could have happened yeah it was training ground stuff like the United team didn't want to be there like I, I'm, I'm going to call it out now I think Harry Maguire should not have got as much criticism this season as Raphael Varane. I think Raphael Varane has been one of the worst defenders in the Premier League this season. Oh, and he has won a World a hot Cup. That's a won, won a World Cup and four Champions. What, what has he done for the United defence? He's been. Yeah, yeah, he's done nothing. Like honestly, he's, been, he's, he's hidden. Yeah, like he's, he's an elite level defender. But he did also win those things in the game with like midfields in front of him, that included like Modric, Cruz, Kante. You know, he, he was surrounded by top-quality talent, which at United, he definitely isn't. Yeah. You know, rather than Casemiro protecting you, you're relying on big Scott McTominay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I will defend Scott McTominay. No, I won't, because he's only in that team because Fergie picks him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. Get for Brighton, like, it's one of those games... No, fair, fair play then. Great, great win. If you're a Brighton fan, you watch and you're sitting there in disbelief at how easy... I think, especially... The Pascal Gross goal, where they did just walk and pass the ball through the United box to score. I, th- I think one person who deserves a lot of credit at Brighton is uh, Solly March, who is the only player, this, I think, bar Lewis Dunk, who was at Brighton when they got promoted, and he is still there, doing really just well. Real utility player. Yeah, yeah. So it's just plug him in wherever. If I have one ever so slight thing about Brighton and this win, is that there was just slightly too much about... Oh, they nearly went bust in the nineties, and they came back all the way to the Premier League. Yeah, you know, you know, we've we've heard that before. <laughs> like we've, we've like we've heard a lot of that story. <laughs> we're, we're sorry, we're, we're heard it. Every time there's like they have a good win, they're like, oh, you know, this club one time almost went out of the football league because they had no money in nineteen ninety six or something. Like you must have heard that before. Because. This is breaking news to me. No, but, oh come on! Chris, like, I'm, I'm not I've even not saying that. that I'm not even saying that in my like no. Brighton, whole Brighton thing. Like that, that has clearly been talked about so many times. I've never heard anyone speak you, about you, it. You're not listening. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm not listening with the same level of anger. You, you know, I, I I pick those no, things I, up about like Leicester and Liverpool. You're picking them up on Brighton. No. That is the first time I've heard that. Oh, oh come on! I, no, I don't <laughs> I'm know about genuinely that. serious. I don't know about that. Uh, 
with a bit of time while we're talking about Chelsea. Uh, well, well, uh, well, just in between that, um, it, 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 the the best way after going out of Europe is to have an away fixture in Norwich and smack them. That was that was great for the Hammers. Oh God, it's not a real game. It's great. No, it's good, not good, a real good, game good ego boost that. Was it <laughs> for side Ben Rama? Yeah, Ben Rama, Michael Antonio Higgins score sheet. He did. Not, he, he did. Yeah. Of course he did. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Not done anything all year. But <laughs> not Norwich at home after Botland in Europe. Yeah, of course he's going to turn up. Great performance. Yeah. What do you do? You celebrate this time? Uh, I, I don't. They, I, I don't actually know. They not like light a firework or something to let everyone know and comes out in the shape of him. Uh, it was yeah, great win. Mm, I'm sure it was. <laughs> But yeah, we'll go on to my disappointment of Chelsea 2 all against Wolves. I don't really have much to say. We're terrible. Uh, it was a uh, it was a weird um, it was it was a weird match. It was Connor Cody with the uh, with the equaliser in the ninety seventh minute. Yeah, I, as soon as I seen that ball hit the nail, I just left the room. I've I've not seen anything back right at all. I've I've just had to walk away from the game. Yeah, so, so yeah, so, I mean, I, th- I still think you'll probably get top four, but, I mean, obviously now it's, I don't know. it's a bit more precarious than it was. I don't know. I'll, I'll wait to Leeds. I think we'll give them points. We then play an FA Cup final next week, and we'll get tanked there. Well. I think we play, I, my only hope is we play Watford at some stage. Oh, right, okay. I'm, I'm hoping they lie down for us, because mm. Leeds certainly won't. No. Uh, and then, oh, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's interesting. We're at home to Leicester. Oh right, that, uh, well, 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 the people will be listening to the podcast keenly next week then. I would say, honestly, hands up, it would serve me right if Leicester had <laughs> done us in a top four, so it would. <laughs> it would. Uh, the only other things on Chelsea are, I thought it was interesting that uh, Trevor Chalbot didn't play because he was needed to play for the under-23s on the Sunday. What? The under-23s are in... You have like, about 80 players in your books? But, but they're in Premier League 2, or whatever it's called. Right. Which West um, Ham finished second in, by the way. Well, Chelsea were about to be relegated. Oh, oh right. So they were. So Everyone's out in the loan farm. Yeah, because it's that under 23 stage where it's like by that stage, if, once you get out of the under 18s, if you don't go on loan, you're not a player. So you hang about in that. So it was like to keep them in there. They were also playing Spurs. So it was like to keep them in that, uh, Chaloba and Saar had to go and play 90 what? minutes just to keep and, them in the league. And they lost. No, they stayed, they stayed up 2-1, but it's the fact that like they actually had to do that was embarrassing. It's, it's, I'm just looking at it now. Some interesting teams in this league. Uh, I know they've got a good youth team. It's funny that Derby are in the um, <laughs> the Premier League too. It's bizarre. Uh, Blackburn as well. Blackburn are ninth ahead of Brighton. Like These teams must just put first-teamers in those. No, just I, to I, say you know, we're, we're high up. Well, I think you're allowed like three. So like Yarmolenko has played sometimes for West, you know, when they haven't played in the in the league or whatever. But I mean, I think the West Ham one has been like it's just been all the kind of youth team. It was just a good team, you know. I think we we need to look into that more. Yeah, uh, really... it's something I really keep track of that much. But yeah, uh, and then the only thing on a positive for Chelsea was that the women's team won the league yesterday. Uh, y- yes, uh, did I hear something about that? Was like it could have gone to Arsenal on the final. Yeah. Could have gone the Arsenal. Arsenal had, had a pretty good season from what I've seen. They they beat Chelsea very early in the year, and their their manager celebrated that day as though he had won the league from memory. <laughs> uh, to which, whenever Chelsea were celebrating yesterday, I saw two of them drop to their knees in a similar fashion and then posting it on their Instagram to take the piss out of them. Yeah, but yeah, that was 
from a club perspective, I was like, yeah, I can get on board with the women's team. You know, I'll I'll, I'll look at the the positives. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, Emma Hayes is the goat, to be fair. Yeah, and obviously the discussions come up again of where would she land if she wanted to manage in men's football and stuff, which is. Well, there was that one time that um, there was it was like Stevenage or something approached her, and then people were all saying that that's embarrassing that like that low of a team was like approaching her, etc. I, th- I think she said that as well. Uh, d- d- fair enough. Yeah, I, th- I think she turned around and was like, yeah. "I'm winning leagues and cups here, and got the European finals. I'm not going to go manage Stevenage." Yeah, uh, no, I, I, I mean, I, I think if she wanted to, she definitely would be mm-hmm. the first woman to manage in the kind of professional leagues in England yeah. yeah well hopefully she stays with the Chelsea women's team if I'm honest because we, we, need, West a, we, team. We, we need a bright spot at times especially whenever the men's team bottled against Wolves who are on the beach <laughs> well, yeah, I, whilst we're all managers Chris in the mud this week I mentioned that you just before <laughs> about the topic we're going to get into and it's fantasy football managers Yeah, because I've, I've learnt about this thing and pe- people may laugh because they may either have this service or have heard about it before. But I didn't realise there is artificial intelligence software out there that helps you with your fantasy football team. Well, so I, I've always been intrigued as to how someone could be so much better at fantasy football than somebody else because of the, like, quote-unquote, like, randomness of football. Yeah. You know. So... This came up to me today because it was on a BBC Sport article and they were talking about this bit of kit called Fantasy Football Fix. Yeah. Which basically uses algorithms and data and data from actual fantasy football itself to see, you know, what other players are doing in terms of adding to their squads mm-hmm. and upcoming fixtures. For 40 quid a year, you can sign up to this and let... AI and Optostats pick your team every week and tell you who to take in and take out. Uh, yeah. I think it's the dorkiest thing ever. No. Is there is there any way to like, you know, if you're looking at the league table of your friends or whatever, where you can see who is kind of like, if someone signed up to this service, that they're, they're like kind of marked? I don't think there is. And I think there should be. Mm. Because I think we're now all at a stage of the season where... And I... I now he's not even the stage of the season. I think January is normally a stage of the season where a lot of people just give up on fantasy football. Um, some so people you, do, yeah. And I, I always respect people who... It's always sort of like the top 10 in leagues always keep going, or if it's head-to-head leagues, you always have sort of the top two keep going because others, that stage, just give up. But I think, I agree with you, I think you should be able to see the person who's paying for help. Hmm. Because in this article, it's talking about this girl... Uh, Alice Simpson, who's been playing fantasy football for six years and started using AI in 2018. And she says about the only reason she signed up to it was to get an edge on her friends. <laughs> if you want the edge, just watch football. <laughs> yeah, because I hate this thing of, you know, she's doing this to get higher in a fantasy league. Like, we all know every league we're in, there's always someone at the bottom who just doesn't care. Right. Be that person. I think there's. I have more respect for the person like that who's just like after three weeks. Yeah, I don't really care. Pick the team. I let my mate yeah. pick it rather than this girl who's paid forty quid just to try and get a bit higher. And is there any kind of numbers on this? Like how many people are signed up to this service or whatever? So they offer both free and subscription-based services. Launched back in twenty eighteen and has half a million users. Right. 
the game itself, I believe, has nine and a half million. Um, yeah, that's that's quite a large percentage. Because my main thought on it was, I, I was intrigued by the price, and I'm always I I always have a bit of time for people who you know whenever you're in work and stuff, and you see people who lunchtime on a Friday are like going through it themselves, being like, I "Want this person? Want this person? I'm yeah. not going to use my wild card this week and all." Uh-huh. For forty quid a year, if you're in a league. I don't know about what leisure in Chris, but for prize monies at times, at most I see people putting in like a tenner. Yeah, we're not we're not talking like a return we're, on forty quid. Yeah, exactly. That's my yeah. thing on it. Yeah, it's like forty quid is not worth winning these leagues. You yeah. know, most leagues. I think the biggest prize pot I've seen in the league was about one hundred and sixty. So if you take forty off that, you know, ah, it's not really worth it, is it? And then by the time you pay in next year's and stuff, it's all. I'm just like, why? Yeah think like you'd feel wicked around you like imagine if i turn around to you be like oh chris i beat in fantasy football this week and you're like oh how'd you do that oh yeah the ai told me the the whack in raheem starling triple captain yeah like, i mean i mean some would call that um well maybe not cheating but some would call the word similar to that yeah i just think yeah the entire service i think what i would love is remember a few years ago they had that football leaks thing yeah it was like going through like i would love that to come back but to tell us you know go through the data of fantasy football fix yeah and tell us who in our leagues is using this yeah because yeah losers <laughs> but yeah that wraps up for me for the week chris any final oh, thoughts uh, just to just to wrap up on our long-running saga uh luton town did make it in to the, the playoffs um, i've actually looked at the other teams in the playoffs i want luton to come up <laughs> you know, you know, uh, you know, a romanticist for Nottingham Forest, first nope. time since nineteen ninety nine in the Premier League. I have no feeling towards them, right? Whereas I genuinely think Luton, if they come up, will break Derby's record for points. <laughs> uh, should say as well, also all the very best to the mighty Sunderland this evening in their second leg of their playoff against um, uh, Sheffield Wednesday in League One. Ooh, uh, didn't know that was going on to end their. F- Four five year stay in League One, hopefully. Uh, the, the 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 fan in me that enjoyed the documentary would like a certain ending to that, but I'll not say it because you've wished them the best. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they record anymore at uh, the old Sunderland. So, um, <sighs> see, well, that could be the thing. They they'll probably will win now that the documentary crew's not following them. I know, and then whenever they go up, they'll probably want them back. Yeah, so Sunderland, come on back up, get the documentary crew back in. Yeah. And uh, we should say at some stage, maybe in the is it two weeks from now is the last the end of season awards we need to think about, Billy. Yeah, when you start coming up with categories and winners and teams of the year and everything. So yeah. if you have any ideas of categories you'd like to see, let us know and we'll start getting some nominees together. Yeah, I cannot wait to put together a fraud 11. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that wraps it up from us for the week. Uh, next weekend's FA Cup final. So let's see how that goes. I could yeah. be either incredibly happy or depressed again. So let's see how it goes. Yeah. Base, we'll catch you all next week. Thanks for listening.